0: Welcome to the Cotton Club crew. This is episode 14 of our main show. We're going to be talking about the Oregon Ducks. They will be coming into Lubbock this weekend for the stripe out game, which I would like to remind everybody, if you have not looked at your section number to figure out what you're supposed to be wearing, take a look. You don't want to be the odd man out in that game. It's going to be a fun one. Oregon coming in after absolutely slaughtering Portland State. Granted, it was Portland State, but still, 81-7 to the final on that result. Just an absolute murder of a lower-tier competition team. Texas Tech, of course, coming off the extremely disappointing defeat in Wyoming. We're going to talk about what Oregon does well, how they may attack Texas Tech, some of the keys to the game, and then give our predictions. I'm joined tonight just by Joe. We got a lot of guys in route to Lubbock, actually, to meet up with Joe so that they can have some fun before the game. And... Uh, get a look at the Red Raiders live. Um, this is going to be our last show before the game. I'm going to publish this up tonight as of Thursday to so that it comes out. You guys can listen on Friday and enjoy the game. Now, Joe, we're going to get right into it, and I think the place to start is with the side of the ball most people most associate with Oregon. Uh, let's talk about the offense first and foremost. You can't go any further without mentioning the quarterback the engine of this offense that is Bo Nix having a career resurgence Joe let's talk about him what are you seeing from him what are you seeing from his uh his, from the Oregon offense with him at the lead
1: I mean we've been seeing some great things out of Bo Nix. I mean his name is up there as potential Heisman candidates for this season going into this season and I mean it showed against Portland State. Yes, it was Portland State, but, I mean, his stats for that game kind of just spoke for themselves. I mean, he, ha- he had 23 of 27 for 287 and three touchdowns. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. That's Those are some damn good numbers. And as long as he stays upright, he's got all the firepower in the backfield and on the side, I mean – He's, he's got all the talent in the world, and it, it's great to see as just a football player and a, res, a resurgence that he's had because, you know, he's kind of gone the long way about how he's gone in the college football ranks and stuff like that. He's paid his dues, and it's it's kind of, it's kind of coming full circle for him, and, and he's on a great team. He's Like I said a while ago, he's got a lot of talent around him. He's got a solid offensive line. And he's just doing what he needs to do. He's he's letting the he's playing the game out needs to be played. He's not getting too far in front of himself. He's making all the smart passes. He's doing everything right. So as I I could firmly say that he could um, be potentially in that Heisman conversation when the year comes to an end, as long as he stays consistent like he's been. And we'll just see. But I mean, the Tech defense has their hands full with Mister Knicks for sure.
0: Joe Mix has been in football a long time. This is his fifth year. You know, it is kind of insane the jump he's taken. He hadn't broken 62% in his first three years at Auburn. He heads out to Oregon. First year there, 71% completion, 3,500 yards. This year, I mean, we're only one game in, but it was an 85% completion rate against Portland State. He, he is playing his best football. I mean, that that is just reality right now. He is playing his best football. He is playing himself in the conversation in the NFL draft to be a not just any draft pick, but be a top three round draft pick. And like Joe just said, this is a Heisman caliber quarterback. Uh, I just did an interview with Addicted to Quack guys. They talked about it. I, I do uh, the Fans First Fortune Favors, the Fans Betting Podcast. Chris, who's a West Coast guy, my co-host, was talking about it. If anybody's going to unseat Caleb Williams in college football, Bo Nix has the the most hype around I think potentially doing it particularly because as we're going to get into as we talk about this team more and more this Oregon team is playing for a national title folks this this is the team they, they want they are not playing for small potatoes they want the national title and they are in that conversation or will be as the year goes on if they are as good as they as they appear to be again very small sample size it was Portland State but the offense just hums with Bo Nix at command. Uh, we saw a few other quarterbacks in this game. Texas Tech, unlikely to see any of them. But if you are just curious about who else came in, um, Ty Thompson was the first one off the bench as the game got away from Portland State. He completed 87% of his passes um, for 80 yards. And then Austin Novasad closed the game. He was three for three, for thirteen yards. Um, it... That That's just kind of a neat tidbit. If something were to happen to Bo Nix, you'd see Ty Thompson off the bench, and he's a pretty damn good quarterback himself. On the ground, uh, starting running back Bucky Irving had 119 yards on four carries. Now, that's not going to happen to the Red Raiders, but let's talk about this Oregon rushing attack. Bucky Irving, Jordan James are guys that we're most likely going to hear a lot of. Joe was talking about this before the pod. There were some guys who were banged up. Who should Tech expect to see to be the bell cow? Who's the most dangerous back out of that backfield?
1: Oh, it's just like where you started, right there at the top there, um, Irving. I mean, because he's a dual-purpose dual guy. He's a running back out of the backfield, four carries for 119 And then he did three receptions for thirty yards, ten yards of reception. I mean, so you got to keep your eyes on a guy like this. Just any time he has the ball in his hand, he makes plays. Obviously, four rushes for a buck twenty. I mean, that kind of goes to tell you what kind of player this is. It's a home run hitter. And if you don't get him down or you know square up and get him to the ground, he's going to make you miss and he's going to make you look silly. And he's as he's taking it to the house. So this is along the lines of Tech. Um, needing to be more disciplined and sound discipline in their tackling. I know we did struggle on a handful of um, times against Wyoming where we didn't break down and make the tackle. Um, And this is one of those guys that we need to do break down and get, get him on the ground. And then you're going to be followed him up by, Jordan James was essentially the workhorse between him and Dante Dowdle. They had 18 carries between them. And I think Jaden, Jaden Lemar or Lamar, I'm not exactly how you say his last name. All three of these guys had over 50 yards rushing on eight plus carries. And they were averaging anywhere between about six and a half and nine yards a carry. So you know what they kind of hang their hat on offensive wise, you know, setting the tone there. And the Tech defense is going to, like I said, have their handful for a multiple, multiple reasons, not including just Bo Nix. And like I said, they got playmakers across the board and we're going to have to play a sound football game as we can to even be considered, you know, in this game.
0: Yeah, we saw a, a Wyoming team who frankly didn't have much success at all running the ball until late in the game when Tech just wore out at elevation. This Oregon offense is a lot better just across the board a lot better but the rushing attack is dangerous bo nicks is sucking up a lot of the oxygen for the squad with good reason but yeah irving is a fantastic back and you're going to see a lot of different guys coming at you um you're going to see them coming out of you from a lot of unique looks you know oregon is a is a offense that can beat you in a lot of different ways and part of the reason why is they are so good at a lot of different things um the target distribution for the last football game—it's hard to say because Bo Nix didn't play that long. You know who their you know top targets are actually going to be, but at the top you had Troy Franklin, Gary Bryant Jr. Both of them went over 100 on the game. They were the leading targets at seven and seven apiece. Um, all uh, the, this receiving core is dangerous, guys. The, and that uh, we were—I was talking to it. Troy Franklin is the kind of guy Oregon is going to probably try to use to take the top off the defense. He's the guy that I think if he gets going early texas tech could find itself in a really big 14-0 hole right out of the gate and be in some trouble but let's talk about the rest of the names in this receiving core joe you know there, there there's not necessarily uh a bunch of names that are super familiar for the rest of the country I, I i don't think any really other than franklin there there's many names that most of these people would know but who supports the rest of this cast because it is a deep group led by a star in franklin
1: Gary Bryant Gary Bryant and then Tez Johnson if I'm not mistaken um both guys that you know are the supporting cast to Troy Franklin who's clearly their number one um, go-to wide receiver out there and these guys could make plays too I mean yes granted it was against Portland State but still averaging anywhere between 13 to 14 to 15 yards a, a reception is huge and for us having to you know you as a defense, you know having to to find a scheme to to come at all these different pieces that could hurt you it's it's tough. you know great Gary Bryan and Tess Johnsons aren't household names like a Troy Franklin. let's just be perfectly clear about that. but those guys will hurt you if you let them hurt you they, that's they just have a great skill set. So those guys are going to see a lot. Um, I believe the running backs that come out of the backfield like I said, um, those check down passes, Bo Nix usually hits those guys, so I, I expect some of the running backs to get a lot of um, a lot of passes thrown their way as well, um, but I, I would say between Troy Franklin, Gary Bryan, and Tez Johnson, that's a pretty solid three-headed monster, and then with your two running backs, Coming out of the backfield and they do have a, a pretty solid tight end I don't remember what his name is off the top of my head. Maybe Herbert if I'm not mistaken but he's a he's a solid addition as well and you know how how tech fared against some of those tight end plays in Wyoming didn't really go our way so just a, a lot of a multiple group of people to keep your eyes on for this tech defense.
0: Yeah, Franklin's the guy at Oregon. You know, this is a receiving core that was rebuilt a little bit. In fact, Bryant is coming out of USC. Um the, Franklin is the guy every Texas Tech fan should know. But don't sleep on these other cats, right? Like they're gonna come at you in a lot of different ways. Bryant's probably option two on the board. Very talented receiver out of USC. And that that shows in this game, right? Like the target distribution is is pretty telling. Those those are the two guys that you have to pay the most attention to, but they can come at you a lot of different ways. Um, and and they're going to come at you a lot of different ways. Bucky Irving had three catches out of the backfield, right? So like, it's not just the receivers you got to be looking for with working in the passing game. You have to be aware that their backs are going to be looking out to come out in screens and, 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 uh, plays on the perimeter to isolate your secondary against very, very athletic running backs. Uh, the thing about, Troy Flanker and that tech fans should know because he he is, again, the best player out of that group. He is an NFL prospect. He's explosive as hell. He's big. He's he, he look like is he going to be the best receiver in college football? Way too early to tell. Is he going to be in the conversation as one of the best receivers in college football? Absolutely, he will be. Uh, he is big and long. 6'3, 187. He's a tough matchup. Thankfully, tech has some size in the perimeter and has some really good secondary experience secondary cast but look like you you have got to work to contain these guys this is a very talented offense and they are going to be coming for you in a lot of different ways now it's hard to gauge quite what's going to happen with this offense just off of what Portland State was. So maybe it's a little bit easier to kind of look at what was going on last year to get a sense for, for how Oregon's going to do. Now, like I said, they, they had to rebuild that receiving core a bit. they rebuilt a lot of that offense a bit. But well, Bucky Irving last year was over 1,000 yards. Uh, uh, Troy Franklin last year was nearly at 1,000 yards. So these are guys who are consistently very good, and they will be good this season. This is a top 10, top five Oregon football team, and they have an op- that it's going to be driven largely by the offense. That isn't to say that the defense is a slouch, and that's what we're going to jump to next. Joe, you look at the Oregon defense. Let's talk about in the trenches first. Texas Tech's offensive line had some struggles against Wyoming. What can they expect to see from the Oregon defense?
1: Well, to be honest, they're going to see essentially what they see in practice every day. Oregon's defense is very similar to what tim de runs here for us so i expect a lot of stunting i expect a lot of guys staying in their lanes i expect a lot of you know rushing up the middle you know just to try to to make our offensive line fold again essentially they they saw the tape that we put up against wyoming granted that wasn't our best tape that we put out there but i mean i'm sure they went back and they looked at some things where we struggled and they're going to try to exploit those things um, the cohesiveness of our offensive line, like we've said in previous pods, they haven't played together a whole lot, but they have a lot of playing experience. So we're going; to, they're probably going to put that stuff to the test by th- throwing multiple stunts at our guys, crossing guys up to see if we're going to pick those guys up properly. So I expect um, the defensive front, which is fairly stout on the Oregon side, to make a push onto this um, tech offensive line to try to make sure that um, – the Tech offensive line is honest, essentially. So uh, this is a big, a big, big matchup. And obviously in the trenches in any game is a big matchup. But this this is going to have to set the tone. The offensive line for Tech is going to have to set the tone early on this side of the ball to at least set the tone for the remainder of the game because we can't just rely on one single group to get it done. It's going to be a team effort, a collective and they're going to have to do it on front. But Oregon has all the talent in the world to make it a, a rough evening for the Red Raiders. But you know we'll see what happens and how that plays out. But like I said, it's it's a very similar defense to what DeRuiter runs. So maybe our offensive line is more prepared for that than they were for what Wyoming put out.
0: Yeah, the strength of Oregon's defense is its interior defensive line. It is a lot like Texas Tech in that regard. They have tremendous depth on the line. Um, guys from last year. Casey Rogers, Brandon Dorless, Popo. And I, I apologize. I'm going to botch these names like nobody's business. I have no idea how to do this. And I'm reading without a pronunciation guy. Popo Amave, Taki Tamani, all returned to 2023. Um, he missed all of last year due to injury of that Amave, uh, that is. And he's back. Um, and they added from the transfer portal uh, uh, out of South Carolina. Um, they went and grabbed uh, Jordan Birch. And then they added one of the top. Edge, rusher, edge rushers in Mateo Ugolali. And again, I know none of these names are being pronounced right, so please don't hate me. But they did that because they were not good in pass rush last season. They struggled to get pressure. Um, it wasn't that they were just outright bad at it, but there were uh, there were occasions where they just – could not finish and get players on the ground. And for Texas Tech's offensive line, like Joe just said, that is a massive test because this is a very experienced group that's looking to prove that they're taking another step forward in their pass rush. The strength of that Oregon defense is its depth. They're going to go four quarters with you. They're not going to wear down. This is not the kind of team that you could kind of wear on by pushing these guys to the brink. They're going to be with you every step of the way for the full game. And that is going to be a real challenge for Texas Tech, a team that just had issues regarding um, – kind of this problem in wyoming which was the elevation impacting their defense oregon's coming into lubbock it's going to be hot but they're going to have the depth to run all the way with you to the final of this game now we're going to talk a bit about the weakness of this oregon defense which is inside linebacker now the inside linebacker group for oregon struggled immensely in 2022. Um, Dan Lanning went and got some new players. The, the, the guys you should know that came in, they brought in transfers, Justin Jacobs, Jamal Hill. They is not a transfer, but he moved from sa- safety to the linebacker. And they brought in a couple more players, or bulked up a couple of players in Jeffrey Bossa and Devin Jackson. Um, and then they went and got Connor Sol out of Arizona State. And that they're trying to shore up that group. That's where Texas Tech can find its best advantage. And it's similar to actually, we're talking about a defense that is very much like the Red Raider defense. The weakness of your team for Texas Tech is arguably the thin linebacker group. The weakness for Oregon is some of the concerns over the linebacker group. Now, Joe, let's talk about that secondary for a minute because Texas Tech is going to throw the ball on these ducks. Who should they be looking at? Who should the Red Raiders be looking out for in the secondary? What can they expect out of that group from Oregon?
1: Just, just as similar to Texas Tech as you know anything comes. I mean, senior transfer, junior transfer, senior transfer, junior transfer, and then one junior on their on their back end. That I mean sounds just like our our back end where we have seniors across the board in the back. Uh, Kyrie Jackson, Taishem Johnson, Evan Williams, Nico Reed, and I believe Dante Manning is is their back. And all of those guys, I mean, all of the 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 eldersmen in that backfield, all could play solid ball. I mean, granted, you you didn't put up, you didn't get much tape against Portland State. They put up seven points, and I don't even know how they scored that seven points. Matter of fact, I thought it was eighty-one to zero, and I was shocked to see that Portland skate, Portland State put up seven. So, given what Tech put out against Wyoming, obviously, you know, we know offensively what we didn't do on the outside is, you know, it's going to be real interesting to see what opens up because, I mean, we have all the playmakers to go up against that age. Um, Depends on Kitley's what kind of game Kitley calls as well. And depends on how comfortable in the pocket shuck is. So um, their defensive back group is older and they could get, they could do what they need to do. But I believe that this is one of those, it's gonna be a a big fist fight, just you know, just in the middle of the ring, you know, blow for blow kind of deal with our our wide receiver group and then their defensive backfield. But they they have a lot of guys back there that can make plays um and a lot of experience back there. So I expect it to be a, a pretty good matchup between our wide receivers and their defensive backs this game.
0: Okay, so we've talked a good deal about Oregon. And granted, I would love to tell you more about the Ducks, but after a game against Portland State... There just isn't much to tell. They lived up to their preseason billing in the opener against terrible competition. Texas Tech is obviously a huge step up in competition, regardless of where the Red Raiders actually fall in the season. This is Oregon's first test. So we're going to focus now on what Texas Tech has to do to get the win. We're going to start with the big key of the game. Joe, what's your one key? What is the thing Texas Tech has to do to be in this game for four quarters and have a chance to get this win?
1: Setting the tone early. I mean, just like you said, whenever we were previewing Wyoming, one of your major keys to the games was, you know, going out and scoring three on your first three possessions. Um, to me is utilizing, and this is, I mean, some people will understand it and some people won't understand it, um, but utilizing the atmosphere. And by that, I mean all the electricity that's going to be in the Jones on a Saturday night a primetime game those are usually usually very hard games to go in and win if you're an opponent and i think texas tech needs to utilize and take all of that energy in and then just put it out on the field i believe they need to set the tones early on the offense and the defensive line get some good solid runs on the offensive side to open up some passing lanes and then for the defensive line, you know, get some pressure on Bo Nix, make them feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable back there, and make these wide receivers work for any anything they get, and the running backs for all that. You know, make it make it a rough night. You make everything that they get earned because everything that they got against Portland State was not earned. They just took it from Portland State because Portland State couldn't put up a fight. So if I'm if I'm looking for one of my biggest keys to the game, my key to the game is fight like there's no tomorrow fight and show like you, you know, you should be here in this kind of game. And um, to what I said at the start, utilize the energy that uh, a Saturday night crowd at the Jones brings.
0: My key is kind of similar. It's more about what tech has to do just kind of from a mindset perspective, more so than what we actually should expect on the field. But my key to the game is pretty simple. Stay out of your own fucking way. It, it shouldn't be this big of a deal to say this, but it apparently is after Wyoming. You cannot spend an entire game blowing your own foot off and expect to be in any game. Wyoming's a bad football team. I talked about this in an interview I just did. We've been talking about this all week. They did nothing particularly well other than being more mentally tough than Texas Tech and letting the Red Raiders beat themselves. And credit to Wyoming for doing it. Toughness is a huge part of this game. But if the Tech gets out of its way at any point, they win that game pretty easily. Hell, if they just do it on special teams and make one of those field goals in regulation, they do it. So all I want to see is maybe you can't fix Every big problem that you've got. Maybe the offensive line is what it is. Maybe Tyler Shuck is who he is. Maybe Baron Morton's not ready to take over the reins. Maybe the receiving course not taking the step forward we think they should. But what you can do is you can do the little things better. You can avoid the dumb procedural penalties, you can avoid the late hits and the stupid defensive penalties. You can avoid the the you can call routes that take advantage of the fact that your big tight ends in the middle of the field are a huge plus. You can target them. You can make an actual effort to establish the run game. You can stop using that stupid ass power run scheme we've been using that the offensive line for the last year since 2022 has not successfully blocked ever. Maybe we can stop calling that and do something, anything else to get the run game going. You do any of these things that are 100 percent under your control, then you're okay. And this goes further. I talked a lot about the offense there, but the defense has issues too. the last touchdown that Wyoming had a massive bust in the middle of your defense. And I saw that happening all night. Communicate. Take care of it maybe you can't necessarily we're going to find out by the way who the better team is on saturday night we're going to find out is Oregon for real is texas tech who who we hope they can be can they save their season blah 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 all that but what we can definitely say is the only way we're actually going to see that play out for real is if texas tech gets out of its own way and in the secondary that means don't bust Maybe you can't run with these guys. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out what you got in coverage. But it shouldn't be you just completely in the wrong place. There shouldn't be massive gaps in your defense. And like I said, offensively, call a better game. Do the little things right. And uh, if, as a team, we do that, I'm willing to say that Texas Tech can play its best football, and they will be in this football game for four quarters. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be a tough affair. But if Texas Tech can do that, get out of its own way, then they'll be in this football game for four quarters and have a chance to get the win. You're at home. It's gonna be a raucous environment. You're gonna have you're gonna have the entirety of West Texas behind you. You're gonna have Oregon playing with a lot to play for. You're gonna have the all the motivation in the world after Wyoming. So all you gotta do now is just don't don't do the shit you can control poorly and you'll be fine. I still think this team's pretty good. Do I think they're anywhere near as good as we hoped? No, or you'd beat that Wyoming team. But by and large, the crap you that cost you the Wyoming game is stuff you can fix just by, you know, not being, I don't even know how to describe it, just by not screwing up the little things, I think is the easiest way to say it. Call correctly. Make sure your alignments are right defensively. Make sure you're in the right spot defensively in coverage. Make sure when you run, uh, the uh, uh when Chuck is throwing the ball, make sure he's he's putting enough on it to get it to the boundary. If we're going to call those routes, uh, catch the ball if it hits you in the hands, you know, uh, don't don't jump off, don't jump early, don't put your hands to the face defense or hold offensively, you know, do the little things correctly and you can win this football game because you haven't given yourself a chance to show what you're made of because you haven't done the little things right. You blew you blew up your own, you really blew up your own day just by not executing the things that are absolutely under your control correctly. So that's my key to the game. Stay out of your own way. Maybe you can't beat Oregon playing your best football. We're going to find out Saturday night what you can and can't do against Oregon. But you won't be in this game if you continue to just decide to not take care of the things that you can control because there's going to be stuff in this game. You can't control. You can't control the fact that Franklin's a great quarter, a uh, great receiver. You can't control the fact that Bo Nix is a great quarterback. You can't control the fact that they've got a stacked defensive line. You can't control the fact that they are a well-rounded team. eyeing in a pactal title, you're going to find out where you measure up against that. But like I keep saying, in this little part of the segment, if you don't take care of what you can control, Oregon's beating you 50 to seven. They will embarrass you. They're too good. Wyoming could not take advantage of half the crap you did wrong. Not only can Oregon do it, they will run you out of your own home stadium doing it. So just stay out of your own way. Do that, and I think you're good enough to be in this game. Maybe you can't win it. Maybe you will. But the only way we're actually going to get a look at what you can do is if you stay out of your own way. Play your game. Be the brand. And like Joe just said, just fight. Fight for 60 minutes. And we'll let the chips fall where they may. Now, we're going to shift here to prediction time, Joe. This is a little bit of a shorter preview. and The reason why is just, just I don't want to talk too much about what Oregon did last year. And that's really the only read we've got of them is what they did last year and who came back. Because I, it's just impossible to learn much from after from that absolute massacre in Portland State. Where most of their starters were out of the game by about halftime. Uh, so, Joe, let's talk about predictions. Let's just get right into it. How are you feeling? How do you see this game going? Does Texas Tech have the horses to get this upset win?
1: You know, I've been thinking about this, you know, for a, for a while now. I mean, I guess the last few days, you know, once we finally um, cleared that terrible taste out of our mouths that was Wyoming and, you know, kind of went back to it and just went to see what we could do and what we co- could correct. And to your point, we could correct I would say about 70% of some of the issues that we had against Wyoming by just being fundamentally sound, playing smart and not shooting ourselves in the foot. I I believe this is when Tech's offense opens up. I feel that Kitley's going to throw the entire playbook out there. I feel that we may see Baron Morton and Shuck on the field at the same time. I feel that we see a lot of fourth downs coming on Joey's side of it. I mean, like all of our chips are in, this is the game that we have to reclaim the brand. Essentially it reclaimed the 60 minutes of us reclaim what the hype was granted just beating Oregon. Isn't going to necessarily wipe the plate clean of what we did against Wyoming, but you know, it's a very, very big start. So I have, my feeling that Tech pulls out a W late 45 to 38 against the Oregon Ducks. We do just enough to get the win here in Lubbock on Saturday night to right this ship, heading back in the, the right direction, and some of the goals that this team has set um early in the spring and this summer.
0: I'm kind of in a bit of a split mind about this because on the one hand, I don't want to say this is a must win game. I really don't. It's too early. Oregon is not conference game. Oregon's a great football team. There's no shame in losing a tight contest to the Oregon Ducks. Um, There would be shame in getting blown out. But if you're in this game and competitive, moral victories are stupid, but it wouldn't be the end of the world to drop this. But on the other hand, I absolutely think tech needs this one in order to wipe the taste of Wyoming out of their mouth and just reset expectations, get the fans back into it, get the nation back on your side, start rebuilding momentum and pushing forward. But do I think Texas Tech can do it? I think Texas Tech has not played remotely to its capabilities. I just did that long interview, and a lot of that interview, which I hope you guys listened to on Over and Addicted to Quack, the reason why I'm hyping those guys up, by the way, is I've never done one of these interviews where they actually watched Texas Tech football. So those guys had watched every snap. It's a great conversation. But one of the big point of that conversation about the offense was you just did so many little things wrong, it's impossible to figure out what the actual problem was. So I don't think we've seen remotely what this team can do. I don't think we've seen what the receivers can do. I don't think we've seen what the tight ends can do, what shut can really do, what the ground game can really do. And I want to see it. And I think if you play your best football, maybe it's not enough, but it'll be a four quarter war and a potentially even beyond. I could easily see this be an overtime game. I think it has to be a shootout if you're going to do it. I don't believe texas tech is going to be able to figure out and just shut down bo Nix in this offense i think it's going to be a shootout i don't want to pick against tech but i just don't you know what i i would rather pick the red raiders and be wrong than be right picking oregon so the only way i can see texas tech winning this game is an absolute barn burner that's how i see it happening to get this done i think you've got to win this one 52-45 52 45 in at least one overtime. That's what I'm going to say is going to happen. Texas Tech is going to win an absolute bar burner, fix the whole perception of this team, solve the problems with their season right off the back, get everyone back on their side, have everything going their way again, and really and really just tell the nation that hey, what happened in Wyoming was just a, a fluke. We're back at it. There's a lot of football left to be played because I think Joey McGuire knows how much his team needs this one, and they're going to come out fired up and motivated. Zach Hitley has to call a better game. Tim DeRuiter has to call a better game for that matter, too. The defense has to be on point to even slow down Oregon enough to give you a chance. What I would love to see happen is this defense come down and absolutely just wall up Bo Nicks. Well, to Joe, uh while well, Tyler Shuck can uh, uh, light it up for like 400 yards. That's the dream scenario, both for Tyler Shuck and for this team. But, you know, I think it's going to be a really high scoring back and forth battle and you're going to be in it. I, I truly believe you will be in this game for four quarters, as long as you do the little things and you will be in position to get this win. And I think at home with the nightlife of Lubbock helping you, let's just say they get it done. I'm just going to lock that in. You know, I, I, I hate picking against my self-interest. I want to believe in what this team can do. I want to believe that these guys have got enough to get off the mat now this is our last recording of the week formally however there will be a live stream if technology willing uh the day of the oregon game and the pregame i I believe joe and jack and reed will all be involved uh, to some degree hopefully 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 the live stream works out nicely and you all can enjoy that pregame but this will be our last formal recording until then be on the lookout for additional articles about how to watch and maybe some additional predictions, depending on how the guys are feeling. And we'll be back after the game. We're going to do a, an instant react podcast after the game because it'll likely just be me recording. A lot of our guys are going to be actually in Lubbock to watch this one. Huge, a uh, huge uh, opportunity for them to get to witness some Texas Tech football live at home. And we will be back next week with another full recording schedule. This is a big one, folks. Enjoy the game if you get the opportunity to be there. Remember to stripe out your section. So pay attention to where your ticket is. Check the board that the the the, uh, the various social media accounts have put out there to make sure you're wearing the right colors. If you get to wear white, great. But it ain't that bad. Wearing red, it's better than wearing black, folks. So enjoy this one, them and we will talk after the game.